Halacha has very little systematic discussion of corruption beyond the basic prohibition against bribery, which traditionally appears in the specific context of judges, although as we'll see, some posts can extend it to other types of public officials as well. In this year, we consider some classic fundamental rulings on the subject of public integrity. The Maharam of Rattenberg, Maharam Barbaruch, was asked about a community that had to take some communal decisions, and they couldn't reach unanimous consent. What should they do? Al Asher Sha'alta, in Yesh Ketata, Ben there's a quarrel in your community, Ve'enem Yecholom Lahashvas Daitam, they can't reach unanimous agreement, Livra Rashim, to appoint leaders, Baska Maskulam, they can't all agree on how to appoint these leaders, Vizalmer Beko, Vizalmer Beko, different people, different factions have different opinions as to how to proceed. Machmas Chilok Libam, because of these disagreements, Batzla Tamid, Umidas Adinloka, things are not working well in this society, Vein Emes, Umishpat, Beshalom Be'er. Not, not just not working, things seem pretty in a pretty dire state. There's no MS, there's no Mishpat, there's no Shalom in the city. The problem was widespread. The city, the whole region was, uh, was, was torn with strife, and things were not working well at all. Says the Maram, what's the solution to this problem? Democracy, majority rule. We have a meeting of all the householders who pay tax. The implication of the Maram is that those who don't pay tax don't get to vote, don't have a say. Later postkim, the Maram's Talmud, the Rush, and Achronim discuss whether that's really true, that those who don't have money, who don't pay taxes, don't get any vote, or they get less of a vote than the taxpayers, than the wealthy. But Maram here just says that this meeting, this meeting is to be a meeting of those who, those who pay taxes. The Akablu Aleim Bracha Shekolechad Yomer Daito L'Shem Shemayim L'Takonas this is the crucial line. They, for our purposes, they have to accept upon themselves, the voters in this meeting, under penalty of cherem, the dire penalty of cherem, they have to commit themselves that everyone will express his opinion, l'shem shemayim, and l'shakonasayir, for the benefit of the city. Maram seems to be saying that they can't vote based on their personal interest, they have to vote only for that which is in the public good. The Yelchalachar wrote, and then we follow majority rule. In, for a variety of types of decisions. Hain Livra Rashim, to appoint leaders. Hain Lahamed Chazanim, to appoint Chazanim. Hain Latakin Kishel Tidaka, to establish a charity fund. Hain Limnos Gaboyim, to appoint certain types of officials. Hain Livnos Hain Lister Rebesakneses, to build or to demolish the synagogue. Ulahoshi Filigroa, to expand or to contract it. Beliknos Beis to purchase a wedding hall. Belivnos Belisterbo, to build and demolish therein. Beliknos Beisaofim, to buy a bakery, some kind of communal bakery apparently. Belivnos Belisterbo, and to build and demolish with regard to this bakery. Self-dover, general rule is pretty clear. All the needs of the community shall be done based on this democratic procedure. Whatever they say, however they express their opinion, that decides what the communal policy will be. If a minority will refuse to submit to the will of the majority, then the majority has the, the authority, either the majority itself, or the representatives, the elected representatives of the majority, they, they have the right to compel the minority to follow their, their, their position, to follow their policy. They can force them to, to follow. They can force them using non-Jewish uh, government. They have to give in to the majority.
and if they have to spend money on these policies that they that they that they choose, the minority has to contribute to these to, to these expenditures as well. If someone says, I, I don't agree with this process at all, I'm not gonna I refuse to accept this harem, I refuse to, to participate and express my opinion, Lashem Shemayim, as we said before, Daito, then he's simply ignored, and again, and the policy will be enacted based on the majority of those who accept the cherem and agree to participate in this process as per the rules laid out above. Members of a city have the right to compel each other to participate, to contribute in all the needs of the city. Anything which is a real need. He brings riots from Chazal, the Bab Metziah. Members of the city have the right to force each other to build a synagogue, to buy Sefer Torah and other Svarim of Tanakh, different types of versions of Erevin to, to allow carrying on Shabbos. Even though that's not such a great need, they can still force each other to participate, to contribute mutually. Certainly, real needs of the city, more important needs. So the Maram rules that we have a democratic procedure. Seminal Tshuva, we have a democratic procedure, either have referendums or directly on, on issues or to appoint leaders who make decisions, and everyone has to follow the majority rule. However, the Maram adds a crucial condition in one line. He says they have to commit themselves to expressing their opinion, L'shem Shemayim and that's so important that we require them to, to, to commit to doing that under penalty of cherem. As we'll discuss later in, in future shiurim, some postkim have inferred from this that, that, that when you vote, you have to vote L'shem Shemayim in general, and they discuss vote buying, maybe other scenarios where, where people don't, well, we can consider, consider other scenarios where people don't express their opinion L'shem Shemayim, not so clear how far it goes. Chazam Sofer is going to talk about vote buying, what if a person just has economic interests in one policy or other? Not entirely clear, but the Maram articulates this rule that, that when people vote on public questions, on questions of public interest, they have to commit to expressing their opinion, L'shem Shemayim. Another important ruling of the Trumas Adeshin, Trumas Adeshin's case was somewhat different. There was a community that was going to appoint someone into a position of Tuve Ha'er, of one of the leaders of the city, Tuve HaKahal. Now, there was a certain person he had committed perjury, he had taken a false oath, and he was, he was caught of, of having taken a false oath, a terrible avera, on a financial matter, apparently. He was fined, he had to pay money to the duke and to the judges and to various leaders. He was severely punished, significantly punished, apparently, for this infraction. Now the community forgave him, Mitzat Kahalchem Nitzbashartimimo eventually, and they, and they signed some agreement with him, Maksav Ashkenaz, a German document, you sent me a copy of this German document, and you, you, you reached an agreement, you would let bygones be bygones, now you rehabilitated him. They wanted to appoint this person as one of the local community leaders. As per the procedure in the Maram, this was a common institution in, uh, in, in medieval times. They would have Tuve Yakahal, representatives of the Jewish community who would make communal decisions. Tzarche Rabbim, Uvimigdar Milsa, Fakechaliske Rabbim, Yechidim. 
Now they wanted to appoint this person. The problem was that but you know that he has a criminal record. You know that he took a false oath. He might have had remorse, but he, but tshuva back then was a formal procedure. You had to accept uh, certain penances. You had to you had to meet very very concrete formal conditions to be to be rehabilitated. That's how the halacha. That's how the halacha rules regarding someone who committed certain classes of averes. It's not enough to, to cry to Hashem and to Davin. You have to meet certain rigorous standards of tshuva. This person had not done that, but the community had made up with him. They wanted to appoint him in a position of leadership. Then, if they don't want to appoint him, but they promised him they would in this German document, they promised him that they would appoint him. So what should we do? The community asked him, can we appoint him? If we don't appoint him, we're going against our written commitment. If we do appoint him, is he eligible? Says the Shumas Hadeshim, I'm not worthy of being consulted on this question. Took a hard line. He says he is not eligible to, to, to be appointed to this position of public leadership. He has, to, he has to perform a proper tshuva prescribed for him by, uh, by, by a rav, a bal who, who knows the appropriate tshuva. Without that, he's not eligible to hold public office. Why? Since you are sure, you know for a fact that he took a false oath. It was regarding a financial issue. So he was both a gazlan and a perjurer. He both stole and he took a false oath. The Gemara says, A dayan is not allowed to sit in judgment with a fellow dayan whom he knows to be a ganav or gazlan. A crook, a thief, Talmud Lomar, Midvar Shekhar Tirchak. That's included in the prohibition of Midvar Shekhar Tirchak, that you're not, allowed, you're not allowed to even sit together with someone who's a Ghanav or Gazlan. So you cannot appoint this person who's both a Ghanav and Gazlan and a perjurer and, a, and an oathbreaker, someone who took a false oath. You cannot appoint him to your council of leadership for the city. Now, that's talking about a Dayan. The Gemara is talking about a judge. This, this person wasn't, wasn't going to be a judge. He was going to be one of the two of Yakahal, one, one of the leaders of the city. Says the Trumas Adeshen, another seminal ruling, leaders of the city, when they, when, they, when they sit and make decisions about the needs of the public, they are equivalent to a Bastin. He brings a couple of riots to this. He brings various proofs from, from Kadmonim, from Chazal, that the that the leadership of that the leadership the communal leadership has the status of dayanim even though they aren't doing what we think of as mishpat of uh, of, this, of sitting as what we call judges nevertheless if they're making decisions for the benefit of the for the benefit of the of the public they have the status of dayanim and any rule that that any qualification any eligibility requirement for dayanim applies to them as well. Says the Trumas Adeshen, "Bekivan dehachi who afilu we have him befurish behedya b'ksav kiim shebeinechem shemachaltem lo legamri al kol dvar pesha." Even if you said in your in your document that you forgive him for the past, let bygones be bygones. Be bygones. How dal l'shemayim v'labrios chelkechem yehelachem lahater chelk mizbech miyater. You can you can forgive what what he did to you that 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 he that he did an avla against you. He says, but chelk mizbech miyater. You can't forgive that very he did to Hashem. Mikramalehu. Mi is palalo. 
then uh, then he says that if, that that if someone someone sins against Hashem, that he needs he, he needs to do proper tshuva. He needs forgiveness from Hashem. Chazal say the peaverish in, in, in the inverse case, if someone sins against his fellow men, we can bring all the carbonos in the world, all the all the valuable carbonos in the world, but without uh, without propitiating his friend, without mechila from his friend whom he injured, he, uh, then, he, then, he then, then Hashem won't forgive him. And kolshkan the inverse is true as well. If a person if a person propitiated his friends but didn't do tshuva to Hashem, then then he's not done yet. If Hashem cares even about a person's forgiveness, and certainly uh, an avera Hashem uh, can't be uh, can't be erased without tshuva Hashem, So certainly, as long as this person has not done proper tshuva, even if he made up and settled with the members of the community whom he injured, nevertheless, he's he's puzzled, he's ineligible to sit. Certainly not as a dayan, even not as a as a leader, as a community leader, until he does tshuva. What about that document they signed? Doesn't matter, he says. First of all, it's not clear that Kenyon works there, he says. But anyway, he says, it's, a, it's doing something that's Osir al-Pidin. You can't have a document, you can't have a commitment to do something that's Osir al-Pidin. Truman Sedashin says that we treat communal leaders as dayanim. If someone is ineligible to be a dayan because he did an avera and didn't do a proper tshuva yet, he's also ineligible to, be, to hold a position of public office. A tremendously strict standard. Does that apply to other types of uh, eligibility requirements? Can a woman have a, a, politic, a, a, a position of public leadership if, she, if she's not eligible to be a Dayan? Someone who's not religious, he's not Shomer Torah Mitzvahs. Does that mean he's, he's not allowed to hold public office according to the Truma Sedeshin? There are indeed posts who have made these arguments. But I'll call part of the Truma Sedeshin's point is that the, the, the great Chiddush conceptually is that we treat public officials in general as Dayanim. And all the stringent requirements of Dayanim apply to public officials as well. He was specifically talking about someone who had done an Avera for which he hadn't done Tshuva. But he establishes the basic rule that someone who is ineligible to be a Dayan is also ineligible to hold a position of public trust. There is a rush, and in a similar vein, there's a rush, and based on the rush of Papula Harifta, who makes the point, that, a similar point, that political leaders in general, even if they're not acting as, as actual literal judges, also have at least some of the standards of Dayanim. And this, at least some of the rules of Dayanim, this occurs in the context of a Gemara in Sanhedrin, an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says, Barchama katal nafsha. A person named Barchama had committed murder, or at least it was alleged that he had committed murder. Amalei Reish Galusa, or of Abba Bar Yaakov, the Reish Galusa delegated this, this, uh, this affair to Abba Bar Yaakov. He said, Puk ba, go see if he's really guilty. Ivadai katal, if indeed it, it is definite, it is established that he killed someone, then blind his eyes. Rashi brings several pshats in what blind his eyes mean, that uh, some say it means literally, that we don't do Mises Beistin Bismanazeh, but it's a knas, that Beistin has the right to makin v'onshin shalom adin, even if there isn't a formal judicial procedure, al pi alacha, al pi the Mishpat Torah, but Beistin has the right to, to impose punishments and sanctions to deter uh, wrongdoing. Rashi has other pshats in a little bit less draconian, take his money away, and give it to his heirs, or put him in cheirin, but it means literally blind his eyes. So Barchama was on trial for uh, his, his potentially a very, uh, a very grim, very serious punishment. So the, so the Dayan here, so, so the Dayan who was, uh, so, so, so the Dayan here, the Arba Yaakov, he said, that he began to investigate. Two witnesses came, and he said he killed. So we convict based on two witnesses. However, he, Barchama, brought two more witnesses who testified about one of the two witnesses that were testifying against him, 
they tried to in, invalidate their, their testimony by, by testifying that he was a Russia. One of them said that he stole Kamei Didi, gun of Kava de Chushla. He stole a Kav of Saurim uh, Klu from Rashi, says a card of barley. Another one said, He stole Kata de, not, that, that, not Kata de Magla, he stole a, the Gemara says, Kata de Burtaya. Rashi says, the handle of a spear. So he's a Ghana. So two Adim said that one of the two Adim who testified against Barchama was a Ghana. Now the question was, is a Ghana of Kasher to testify on a matter of Dine Nefashis? So that's Machlokas Tanam. Machlokas Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Rabbiosi. Rabbi says, if he's puzzled for Dine Mamanus, he's puzzled for Dine Nefashis. Rabbiosi says he's kosher. So, so, the, so the one who wanted to say that the Adim were that the Adim who testified against him were puzzled, that was going in coin to Rabbi Meir. But who said we pass him like Rabbi Meir? So the Mara then goes back and forth, trying to discussing whether whether we pass him like Rabbi Meir and the Adim were therefore disqualified and he would be acquitted, or whether we pass him like Rabbi Yossi, that he's kosher to and the Fashos and the Adim would 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 be considered eligible witnesses, uh, qualified witnesses, and then he'd be convicted of the crime. So the, there's a whole discussion of the Gemara. The, at the end of the Gemara, the Gemara says that the, that the Dayan ultimately ruled that the halacha was indeed like Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Abba Bar Yaakov ruled the halacha is like Rabbi Meir. The first agent was therefore disqualified, and he therefore exonerated, he acquitted Bar Chama. Bar Chama was just delirious with joy that he, that he dodged this bullet, that he was saved from being convicted and punished with a terrible punishment. Come Bar Chama, Nashke Akare, he kissed his feet of the Dayan, and he agreed to, and he, he committed himself out of gratitude to the Dayan, Rav Abba Yaakov, that he would save him, Rashi says, he was grateful that he was Mahapich Bitschuso, and he agreed that he would save him from paying this tax for the rest of his, for, for all his days, for the rest of his life. Now, paying a judge, giving a judge an item of value for something he did for you, is that shocha, that's bribery. And the Rush seems to address this question. The Rush says, that why isn't the shochad mu'uchar, even though it happened after the case, it was already done, the, the ruling had already been handed down, it's still shochad mu'uchar, the shochad mu'uchar is usher, you can't pay a judge uh, money, you can't write him a check after the verdict either, it's still usher. So the Rosh says, Balav hachi p'tiri rabbanon mikarga, the is rabbanon, Gemara Mavasra says, rabbanon are anyway really potter from taxes, he wasn't really giving the Dayan anything of value, the Dayan was really potter from the tax, regardless, therefore it's not shochad mu'uchar. So really, so whatever the meaning of this gesture was, it wasn't really giving him such a valuable item, of, a valuable service of uh, exemption from taxes, because really he was potter anyway. Pilpula Harifta, commenting on the rush, says, you see from the rush that he was worried about Shochat here. We see from here that Shochat is Aser, even though they weren't doing Dintar, it was only a Knas, as Rashi said, it was Knas Ahavi, it's not real Mises based in here. Nevertheless, the Rosh's Mavur that the Din of Shochad would apply, again, even though it was obviously a procedure that was working to some extent with Dine Torah, the Gemara brings it, the story, in the context of a Machlokas Tanar, and Rebeir and Rebiosi, about Hilchas Edus, about whether someone who's puzzle for Dine Mamanus, who committed a financial infraction, he stole, whether he's kosher for Dine Nefashos or not, that's a technical question in Hilchas Edus, and the Gemara has a whole discussion, how we pass him on this Machlokas? So he was, to a certain extent, applying standard halacha, of criminal justice, the, the halacha of criminal procedure. Nevertheless, since Rashi says the actual dintara was only a knas, that the Pulpulukharifta says, we see from the rush that the laws of shochad, even shochad mu'uchar, apply even when something is not mamish mishpatei atara. Kasaftizeh says, lahoros l'nemanam alatzibur, I'm writing this to, to, to teach those who have positions, like the Tuvei the people who are in positions of public trust, even though they're not 
be, they're not, they're, they're dinim are not din Torah, the decisions they make are not actually uh, like a judge, they're not mishpatei Torah, that's not what they've been appointed to do, still they have to avoid accepting, accepting gifts and uh, gratuities for, for ruling, they still have to avoid shochan. Pelucharifta seems to be saying, later Echron and bring this, that the, not just judges, similar to what we saw in the Trumas Adeshen, that public officials have some of the standards of judges, Trumas Adeshen said they can't be Rishayim, Pelucharifta says, based on the rush, that they can't accept uh, bribes, even Shochan Meuchar, even gifts, they can't, public officials can't accept gifts from the public for, for decisions that they do, even if what they're doing is not exactly Mishpadat Torah. Archa makes this point as well, it's not only a judge who's prohibited to accept shochad. Anyone who's appointed, anyone who's involved in the needs of the public, even if they're not judging according to Din Torah, they're, they're, they're engaged in some other kind of decision-making process. Nevertheless, they have the Isra of Kabbalah Shochad. They're not allowed to be partial. They're not allowed to make decisions based on their personal partiality, their... Their, 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 their likes and dislikes of, uh, of people. The culture, certainly they can't make decisions based on taking shochad, similar to the Pulpul Harifta that, that, that we hold, at least to a certain extent, we hold public officials, even though they're not judges and they're not engaged in Mishpatah Torah and Din Torah, nevertheless, we hold them to a certain extent, similar to judges, and, and they, they have to be impartial, they have to be honest, they can't make decisions based on Av or Sinah, and certainly they cannot make decisions based on the acceptance of bribes.